Hi everyone, it's Caleb. I'm so excited that you've decided to spend a few minutes of your day here with me on the Learner's Corner podcast. And today my guest is Lisa Turkerst, and you may be familiar with her, but just in case you aren't, she is the president of Proverbs 31 Ministries and the number one New York Times bestselling author of uh, one of her, uh, one of my favorite books that she's ever written called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way and Uninvited. And today we are talking with her, or I'm talking with her about her brand new book called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Discover how to move on, make peace with painful moments, and create a life that's beautiful again. And we talk with her about her story, and if you're familiar with it, what she gets into with the interview, um, it's just, it's incredibly powerful. And I'm, I've, I was so excited whenever um, whenever this opportunity came about to talk with her. Now, before we move into that conversation, I do want to let you know that the music that you're listening to is brought to you by my good friend, Sam Massey. If you have any audio or video needs, be sure to hit him up and you can do that at Sam Massey 77. Also, as uh, if this happens to be your first time listening to the podcast, I want to let you know that one of the things that we want to do here on the Learner's Corner podcast is we want to create a safe place to have dangerous conversations. And here's what I mean by that. The conversations that you're hesitant to bring up to other people because of their reaction or you're hesitant to bring up because you know it's going to lead to a lot of disagreement and uh, maybe not disagreement in a good way. We want to create the type of place to where it is safe to to have those conversations. It's safe to ask those dangerous questions that you may be afraid to ask about because we truly believe here on The Learner's Corner that you can learn from anyone, from everyone, from anything, and from everything. And that's what we want to do here on The Learner's Corner podcast. And today we happen to be learning from Lisa Turkerst. And here is our conversation. Well, Lisa, I'm so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast to talk about your new book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you today. Yeah. And just as we're getting started, I always just love to ask people, anyone who's written a book or created a piece of art or a movie or anything like that, of just what is the story behind uh, the work? And so just as we're getting started, I would love to just hear what made you want to release this out into the public. Well, thank you for asking. Um, The story is really a hard story. The past five years of my life have been really, really challenging. And um, so I have to say, I did not think I would ever write a message on forgiveness because I wasn't sure after going through all the hard stuff that I went through that I would be able to live a message on forgiveness. So I always tell people this message kind of hunted me down in the middle of one of the most traumatic seasons I'd ever faced. It was about uh, four and a half years ago, I found out that my husband was being unfaithful and I was completely shocked. I was devastated. And I wish I could tell you that our story, even though you know it was hard, I wish I could tell you that it was one of discovery and then complete repentance, redemption and quick recovery and reconciliation. I love that story, but that's not our story. 
Our story was very long. It was drawn out. There were seasons where I thought we were about to cross the finish line and be able to be reconciled. And then things would traumatically fall apart again. There were ups and downs. There were addictions involved that complicated the journey a lot. And so in the middle of it, I felt like really reconciliation was never going to be possible And I'd held private what we were going through for about 18 months. But then I realized the story of of what we were walking through was either going to be told through the rumor mill or I could get ahead of it. And things had fallen apart again. And it just seemed like I was going to be headed toward divorce. And so I let the public know what we were walking through, asking for prayer and asking for privacy. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard when you're living a very public life and you're going through something that's excruciatingly painful in your private world. And also I wanted us to get back together, but you know, the choice had to be both mine and his. And at that point he was not willing to make that choice. So it was really painful. Um, and it was about that time, sort of in the middle of the journey, my counselor, I showed up at my counselor's office and he said, Lisa, do you want to heal? And I said, yes. And he said, well, today's a great day to start working on forgiveness. And I remember looking at him like, are you high? Are you crazy? Like that is not even possible. I don't know how this story is going to turn out. I don't know if Art's ever going to say he's sorry. I don't know that I'm done hurting yet. And I feel like forgiveness is kind of impossible when you don't know what direction your forgiveness needs to go in. Like forget is, are we headed to divorce? Are we headed to getting back together? I don't know. And plus I don't want to betray these feelings that I have. I don't want to say that I forgive you. And then does that mean it doesn't matter that my feelings and my devastation was for nothing? You know, I'm not sure that art has learned all the lessons he needs to learn so that I don't get hurt this way or someone else doesn't get hurt this way. So I just remember shaking my head and saying, forgiveness is not possible. So I tell you that part of the story to say that when someone opens up the book, they're not going to find me standing there wagging my finger, demanding that they forgive. What they'll find is an exploration of my own deep resistance. And that when I started to think about writing this book, actually, I had to hit the pause button and say, I don't want to write this book because I don't like this whole notion of the fact that I'm the one that was hurt. And now I have to do the hard work of forgiveness. It feels unfair. It feels impossible. And all I have to start the book off with is a list of all the feelings of resistance that I have. So that's where the book starts, just Mm -hmm. in the middle of excruciating pain with a lot of resistance and a heart feeling conflicted because I knew God commands us to forgive. I just didn't know how. Yeah. What changed your mind that made you want to write the book? Well, like I said, I think this message kind of hunted me down, if you will. I took all of my feelings of resistance and decided to not make writing the book the first step to take. And I hit the pause button on the writing so that I could start studying what the Bible actually does say and does not say about forgiveness. 
And um, my team at Proverbs 31 Ministries, um, especially with my director of theology, Joel Mutamale, he and I logged over a thousand hours studying forgiveness in the Bible. And the biggest turning point that happened that I thought, okay, I think I can live this message. Therefore, I think I can eventually write this message is when I finally understood forgiveness is not made possible because we set aside our feelings or boss our feelings around or say that our feelings don't matter. It's not, forgiveness is not made possible by our determination. Forgiveness is made possible by our cooperation with what God has already done. And I started to realize as God's love flows to me, I must let it flow through me or I will carry the heavy weight of unforgiveness. So when I say cooperation, it just means that I'm a conduit that God's forgiveness flowed to and now must flow through. And I think one of the issues I was having is that I felt like I was the saint and he was the sinner. And when you have that dynamic going on and you think you only need a little bit of God's forgiveness flowing to you, then you only have a little bit of God's forgiveness that can flow through you. And I suddenly realized one day we're all just broken, hurting humans. So as God's forgiveness flows to me, the only way for me to stop the suffering in my life is to let God's forgiveness flow all the way through me to other people. And so I didn't even start at the place of forgiving this other person. I had to start at the place of acknowledging my own pain and saying my pain does matter, but I deserve to stop suffering because of what another person has done to me. And the only way to sever the suffering is through the power of forgiveness. What are some other misconceptions that you know, that you've heard, uh, whether it be through your research or even just talking through other people, that through the research that you discovered, hey, you may think this about forgiveness, but, but that's just not the case. Well, the title of the book points to one of the biggest misconceptions. You know, the title of the book is Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And I think as I surveyed people and participated in focus groups about forgiveness, that was one of the biggest misconceptions that forgiveness requires that we forget the hurt and the pain that we've been through. And the Bible never says that. The Bible says that God will remember our sins no more, but it never instructs us that we have to forget. We can leave the the past um, and the hurt. We can trade the hurt and the proof of how we were hurt for perspective and strain toward what is ahead. You know, we can do that. But truly forgetting what we walk through, I don't know that that's possible. And I'm not even sure that's beneficial because like I said, if we true, if we trade the proof of how we were hurt for perspectives that can help other people, we don't want to forget. We just want to allow God to use it for good. Um, another misconception was that forgiveness and reconciliation are one and the same. And that's just not true. Forgiveness is a command by God, but reconciliation is very dependent on a lot of factors. Is it safe to come back together? Is it reasonable to come back together? Um, Are both people willing to do the hard, humble work 
of what it takes to, to have reconciliation. So I think that was another misconception. I think another misconception that's really big is, you know, when Jesus says we have to forgive 70 times seven, does that mean we stay in relationships that are potentially abusive and just forgive that person over and over and over? No, that means that that's called enabling another person. But I think what Jesus is talking about when he says forgive 70 times seven, put yourself in a position where you don't continue to get hurt so much that you can't forgive. The emphasis there isn't on the 70 times seven. The emphasis is on forgive. So we have to position ourselves. And maybe that means with enough boundaries to where we're not allowing that person to abuse us or emotionally devastate us. But we, and remember, a boundary doesn't shove another person away. A boundary is so we can hold ourselves together. So position yourself to where you are still capable of forgiving that person 70 times seven. And, you know, I think that that is very understood. And last I'll say forgiveness doesn't mean that that person suddenly has access to us. It doesn't mean that trust is instantly rebuilt. Forgiveness isn't even actually for that other person. Forgiveness is so that we can stay obedient to God, and it's our uh, it's it's our our decision to make. See, we can't attach our forgiveness to the choices of another person. Like when that person says they're sorry, then I'll forgive, because that's me saying I'm held hostage by another person's choices. Forgiveness is deciding I'm going to sever that suffering. I'm not attached to their choices. Forgiveness is my decision to make, and I don't have to wait for another person to do something or say something. And so it's, it's my decision with God. And I think that that's really important to understand. Mm-hmm. I think another uh, scenario that I think everyone pro- probably has run into at one point or another is you feel like you've forgiven somebody about something and, you know, a couple of years pass by or a couple of months pass by or however long it is. And then all of a sudden, like the feelings of resentment or anger, come back around. What have you learned about how to deal with situations like that? Such a good question, because I relate to that question so much. As a matter of fact, I had that exact conversation with my counselor, and I said, I don't want to feel like a forgiveness failure. And that's where he explained to me that forgiveness is both a decision and a process. We make the decision to forgive for the facts of what happened. That's in a moment in time. But then we have to walk through the process of forgiveness, which is forgiving for the impact that those facts had on us. And that happens over a season of maybe months, years. It could be an entire lifetime. Because the decision to forgive the facts of what happened, that once we've done that, that is us being obedient to God. We have met the command to forgive. But the process of forgiveness, you know, it's like, let's say someone, uh, you were walking down the road one day and someone um, hit you with their car and broke your leg severely. So you could lay in the hospital and make the decision to forgive that person that, that hit you. And that is your one time decision. You've forgiven for the fact of what happened. But let's say six months from now, 
you've gone through the rehab and everything, but because of the injury, you have a limp and you can no longer run. And you walk into your closet and you see your running shoes. You used to love running. You see your running shoes. Your friends are getting together to go on a run and and you're not able to go. So then those feelings of bitterness and resentment and anger come flooding back on you. Well, that's because now you're in the process of forgiving for the impact. The fact was they hit you with their car. The impact is now, it it has affected you and changed something about your life. So now you have to have another marked moment of forgiveness in that moment. And what my counselor helped me see, because I said, you know, sometimes my feelings are not signing up for this. You know, I wrote in the book, hurt feelings don't often want to cooperate with holy instructions, right? And so we have to understand that feelings will sometimes be the last to sign on to this, but our feelings should be an indicator, not a dictator. Our feelings indicate that something needs to be tended to, but they should never dictate whether we make the decision to forgive or not. So I, every time I have one of these marked moments of forgiveness, I say, I forgive this person for the fact of what happened. And whatever my feelings will not yet allow for, the blood of Jesus will surely cover it. Or if I'm forgiving for the impact, you know, I walk into the closet, see my running shoes. I can't run anymore because of what they did to me. So then I say, okay, now I have to have another marked moment. I forgive this person for the impact, the cost that this had on me physically and emotionally. And whatever my feelings will not yet allow for, the blood of Jesus will surely cover. So. That's important to understand that it's a decision and a process and forgiveness has to occur for the facts of what happened and for the impact that that had on us. Mm -hmm. I think another situation that, uh, that people find themselves in, and even uh, I found myself in as well, is that sometimes the person that we feel like we need to forgive is God because we feel like he's taken something away from us that we just did not want to have uh, taken away from us. What have you learned about just that and kind of what the process of forgiveness looks like whenever it comes to God. Yeah. I wrote a whole chapter on this because I really wrestled through this. The chapter is called forgiving God. And, you know, before people get too shocked based on like, wait, wait, is that theologically correct? You know, God doesn't sin. So why would he need to be forgiven? And it's, it's not so much that we need to forgive God. It's that we need to learn to trust him again. Because when God allows something into our life that we know he could have prevented and he didn't, it's very hard for us to process that. And I remember when I was walking through the situation with art, I kept thinking, why isn't God doing something? Now, here's the reality. We don't serve a do-nothing God. He's always doing something. But sometimes the something that he's doing, it isn't lining up with what we assumed a good God would do. And we assume that what he is allowing and he is doing is not good. When in reality, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So just because we can't see something or we don't agree with the something we see, we have to remember God does his best work in the un seen. Part of the struggle with my husband is I kept begging God for him to bring my husband home, but God loved me too much to bring home a man who was addicted and who was broken, who was hurting me. 
And God loved me too much for that. And so for a season, God rescued me out of that situation and worked on my husband. And then as my husband cooperated with God, God didn't just change his behavior. God rescued his soul. And all these suggestions I kept making to God would have done nothing but just change his behavior. But God had such a bigger plan. And so as I was looking at the reality of my life through my physical eyes, it appeared as if God was allowing hurt upon hurt upon hurt. But in the spiritual realm, God was setting up healing upon healing upon healing. I think probably the easiest way for me to describe this is, I don't know if you've ever been through a major home renovation or if you've even seen one of those home renovations on TV. Yep. But when someone decides that they want their home to function better or look more beautiful, they allow the builders to come in and tear apart their home first. And it's only in the tearing apart that then it can be rebuilt and remade bigger and more beautiful and and probably better than it ever was before. But you don't see people in those home shows panicking that the builder came in and took a sledgehammer to their kitchen cabinets that day. They signed up for this because they knew that they could see, they could envision the better on the other side. I think that's what happens with God sometimes. It's just that we forget God is the master builder and what he allows to be torn apart is never for the purpose of destruction. It's always for the purpose of construction, making something better and stronger and more healed and more healthy than before. Now, people have to cooperate with that. But as we see it, that's where our trust in God grows. And if we can trust human contractors to come into our homes and do that, we could surely trust God, the master builder, to come into our heart and do that. Yeah. And just as we're wrapping up, for the person who's listening right now and, and they find themselves in, an, in, a, in a situation which it feels impossible to give right now, just what encouragement would you give to that person? Well, I would say, first of all, that pain that you've been through, it matters. And if no one else in this world has ever dared to say this to you, I'll say it to you. I'm so sorry for what happened to you. I'm so, so sorry. Your pain matters and your hurt is real and I believe you. But you do deserve to stop suffering because of what other people have done to you. And I know how the unchangeable that has happened sometimes can feel unforgivable. But I'm telling you, it is still possible for you to see beautiful again in your life. And whether or not reconciliation ever happens with those relationships from the people that hurt you, I don't know why sometimes God in his redemption plan, rescues people out of relationships. And sometimes he restores people in relationships. I don't know why. But what I do know is that redemption with God is always possible. And you can walk into that redemption today by choosing to give yourself the gift of releasing that bitterness and that frustration 
and that anger out of your heart. Your heart is much too beautiful of a place for all of that. And you can ask the Lord to help sweep your heart and your life clean of that. When hurt sits in the human heart too long unattended, it's only natural that it turns into hate. But what I know is if you're feeling bitter feelings, that doesn't mean you're a cold-hearted person. That actually means that you loved deep, so you hurt deep. But it doesn't mean that you can't ever love again. So today, give yourself the gift of making the decision, I've suffered enough, and sever the suffering by forgiving and walking through both the decision to forgive and the process to forgive, and God will heal your heart. Yeah. Elisa, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. And thank you just for doing the work of working through your own stuff so that you can help other people work through this as well. If people want to continue to learn and follow you and get the book, where's the best place for people to go to do those things? Yeah, so you can go to the website, forgivingwhatyoucan'tforget.com. You can find out all the information about the book there. And then on social media, Instagram, you can just use my name, Lisa Turkhurst, at Lisa Turkhurst, and you'll find me there. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Lisa, thank you again so much for being on the podcast today. It was great to talk with you and just thank you for all the work that you're just continuing to do as well, uh, just for doing the hard work of, of figuring out what you learned through your experience and being willing to share it as well. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast as well for helping us create a safe place to where we can have dangerous conversations and where we can learn from anything and everything from anyone and for everyone. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, the best way to make sure you don't miss a single episode is by subscribing to this podcast on your podcast player, whatever that may be. Sam Massey, thank you so much for creating the music for this podcast. Be sure to hit him up on Instagram if you have any music or video needs for yourself. And just thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Until next time, keep learning and keep growing.